RadioInfluence.com. Oh my God, I'm, I'm overloaded. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed because we are back. Not only with the podcast, I'm talking about in life. You know, and sports-wise, because that's the main gist of this podcast, and it's not your X's and O's, it's not your daily, who's in first place, who's doing what, it's the the newsmakers, you know, what makes them tick, how do they get to the top, how are they able to stay at the top, what about even life after they are done, so, but since it is sports-centric, Oh, and if you're new, my name is Rock Riley. This is the Rock Stops here. We have a new partnership with the TampaFreePress.com. Even though it's Tampa, it's free press, it's national, international news information and bringing more ears and hopefully maybe down the road eyeballs to this podcast. So happy to be partnering up with Brian Burns and the Tampa Free Press. So check them out to get your news free, free, free conversation we should be able to have, right? Because this is America. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away because... I almost couldn't sleep last night, and it's in a good way. It was the first time in the since the pandemic that I was out in a crowd of 15,000 in an arena with it packed, uh, close to packed. 19.5 is the, the you know capacity, and it was an NHL Stanley Cup playoff game and high-fiving in the crowd, and just I'll tell you all about it on the back end, all right? And I want to get to my guest now. This guy, even if you are not a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I've never met anybody that likes pro football, that likes football in general, that is not a fan of this guy. He was a throwback. I'm talking about close. He was nominated maybe one day, but he does have a nomination to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's in the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. He is one throwback tough dude the way he ran. He had tailback numbers, but he was listed as a fullback. I'm talking about the great Mike Allstott. Came out of Purdue. He was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Only played for one team. Injury was cut short because of a very serious neck uh, neck injury. Uh, but no regrets. He's a high school football coach now. He still, to this day, runs the Allstock Family Foundation. And he puts his heart and soul into that and trying to make kids' lives better. Just a regular dude. And a good one at that. So enjoy the greatness that is, the one, the only, the A-Train, Mike Allstott. All right, Mike, I'm sure that you get this a lot. You look like you could still play. Could you still play, Mike? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I feel good just trying to take care of the body. Trying not to be a statistic and uh, just, you know, um, I really uh, work out a lot. But, um, again, I'm... Just trying to maintain all my bumps and bruises and trying to uh, preserve uh, the body a little bit. Your longtime buddy, Dave Moore, your roommate, you played together on the Bucks. He's still on the Buccaneer broadcast. He told me he's got to. Otherwise, if he doesn't do anything, he's too stiff. Yeah, you're like, like is that part of it? Yeah, you're exactly right. You're like you're like the Tin Man, you know. Um, and if you don't, if you don't get out of bed and 
put some oil on the joints and, and get going each and every day. It, um, every year gets harder and harder and harder, right? So, and, and people know that in general, you know, you don't have to play football to understand that. But the thing is, it's, it's a little bit uh, earlier in, in uh, our lifespan when it comes to, um, you know, feeling that way. So again, I do a lot of uh, daily maintenance, um, stretching, you know, different types of, uh, you know, masseuse work and stuff. Really? Um, so again, I, I, I feel good I, and I try to eat, eat good. So, cause I can't do a lot of the stuff that I could do to work off the the food, so who yes. can? Yeah. Who can? Who can? <laughs> now I know we are going to get into what you've been doing and coaching, and I know that's your passion. But just going first, first we got to start. It's about you, but with the Buccaneers, how about it? Winning the Super Bowl, being a destination, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about it, Mike? How about that? That was uh, unbelievable. I mean, just first of all, it's uh, hard to. Uh, win a Super Bowl period and then win it in your home stadium that's uh, hosting a Super Bowl that's uh, you know and having a home crowd and unfortunately in uh, in the times that we didn't have a packed house uh, Tampa Bay uh, um, home stadium everybody in the seats but uh, again can't control the circumstances of, of life and but uh, they did control uh, their destiny as far as what they needed to do for the for the uh, Super Bowl and winning it, so awesome, unbelievable. I'm happy for the Glaciers. I'm Brian Ford, uh, coaches, and um, Coach Arian, and all the players. Did it bring you back a little bit during that time? Because it was almost was it 20 years ago? I know it's that it's a long time ago when you guys. Oh, three and it. what do they consider? Okay, what was it? close. Uh, two one. Yeah. What did they say? Yeah. So we were you were close two decades ago, but. When the Bucks are making that run, and then you're probably doing more interviews, you guys, the last Buccaneer team to win it, did that kind of bring you back a little bit and think about when you guys won the Super Bowl in San Diego? It did. It, it did. Um, there was a lot of reminiscing, uh, you know, a lot of rehearsing of what uh, what took place in, in 03. Um, but it, uh, you know, times have changed and different things have changed, and so... But again, it brought us, um, you know, interesting thing. It, it brought us players together a little bit to talk about, you know, the old days and you know, and how it took place and and uh, what we felt and and uh, you know, just uh, how blessed we were to be able to do, uh, bring Tampa's first Super Bowl. What you know, I talked to a lot of like former players that won it. Guys on your team, these players say the same thing you really do come together as a team. You're playing your best ball when you're on a run, and it seems like everybody has got to buy in. Is that true? I, it's the absolute truth. You can, the, If you have a selfish team, you will never be successful. I mean, everybody has to know their role, and um, their role might not take place each and every game as much as they would prefer it to be, Right. Um, and we, I don't know how many games in 03 that we, we pretty much saw in, in 2020, 21, different players stepping up each and every week. Um, you know, if it was Gronk one week, if it was AB one week, if it was, you know, Fournette, if it was Jones, you know, if it was, uh, you know, you know, the defense in general, um, during the playoffs and a couple situations that, 
that uh, they really um, made up for uh, uh, some of the mistakes um, that the offense did. And I've been there, you know, and I understand that. Um, we had an awesome defense and we made mistakes and our defense took care of us in games. Uh, we've won in, in my time at the Bucks. Uh, Nine to six, you know, six to three, <laughs> you know, but you know, uh, that wasn't the circumstances. It's just you know, um, having a having a very very good defense and a great defense, and the offense not performing the way it is, or having the offense doing their thing and scoring points. Uh, so they had a great balance attack, and a lot of everybody knew their role, and I think that's important in uh, in today's uh, um, just every level of sports. Everybody's got to understand their role. You know, I was just thinking back with you. You were a, uh, like they always say, like kind of throwback. I think the last fullback to go into the Hall of Fame was Larry Zonka. Now, you got a, you were a nominee. You were a nominee, right? And, I mean, uh, you're in the Ring of Honor. Do you think that you don't get enough credit or you're fine? You're fine. Um... No, I mean, that's kind of like the icing on the cake, you know what I mean? They're putting the cherry on top um, to be able to be in, in, in the hall and to, you know, be a part of, I don't know what the percentage is of the elite of, you know, the greats and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's no question I'd want to be in there. Um, I, I, I worked my ass off. I, I did everything I possibly could do. Um, in the situation, I can do it. In the time I got, I was blessed to play. Um, I, 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 I laid it on the line. My teammates know that. My coaching staff knows that. My, my organization knows that. And, and I know that. And I don't have no control of how, you know, of, of, of what takes place for me to get in there. So, again, I'm not going to him and haul over it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going to, you know, live life and I'm, I'm very blessed to be in a situation where I'm at be here in Tampa and reside in Tampa have my family and 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 uh for what I've done in the past you know it is a blessing so I don't know yes I would love to be in there but again um I really don't have no control of that you are really a consistent guy because I was just thinking about it okay you go to Purdue three were you three times the MVP three years in a row? Is that true? Yes, sir. So then you get drafted by the Buccaneers. You play one one organization. You end up moving here. You know, you're a kid from Joliet, Illinois. You're Purdue. You go to Tampa. You stay here. You raise your family. You start your foundation. That's going on two decades. You got rich. You're same guy. You uh, you don't like to change things too much, right? Is it, if it's working, you just stay with it, Mike. Is that it? Yeah, you know, people don't like change, um, but I'm again though. But if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I guess right. But uh, who doesn't want to live in Tampa? Who doesn't want to play football in Tampa? Right? Who doesn't want to reside in, in, in by the beaches and 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 be here? So. Again, I was very fortunate at a young age, twenty, what, two years old, to come out of come out of college and be drafted. You know, um, at the time, it wasn't one of the greatest organizations from a WL standpoint, right? But uh, the city was pretty awesome, and we changed it around. and And I was very blessed to be a part of that 
group of guys that, that changed this organization um, to where it is today. Now, where you are today, coaching, I, did it start? Because I remember you and Dave Moore started coaching because your kids were playing. But then Dave is like, ah, you've stayed with it. Is it, was it, you know, did it start because your son was going to be playing and you wanted to start coaching him? Or was yeah. it something that you just like, man, this is what I want to do and on this level? Yeah. Um, well, at first, my son was playing baseball and I was coaching him in baseball when I, when I was playing with the Bucks. And, and then afterwards. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And then afterwards, um, he came up to, um, came up to us one day, him and his mom. And uh, came up to uh, um, and started talking. I want to play football, and I'm like, "Ooh, hold on, buddy. You know, you, you got to understand, football is pretty much like 95% practice. You know, at that age, you know, you know, 5% play. Baseball is like, you know, the first month it's, you know, 50-50, and then all of a sudden when you get into it, I have a little batting practice, I have a little infield, and then and then you go and you play baseball all the time, right? You have games, and I'm like, it's totally different." I mean, you got to understand it's it's a, it's a mindset and and okay, I'll do it. And then you know it was kind of rough road that a little bit. He didn't like the contact, but and then one thing led to another, and I I didn't like the coaching, uh, the volunteer co- parent coaching and stuff like that. Um, some are great and some weren't, and and so I got involved from that standpoint, and then I just fell in love with it, and then I got the opportunity to be able to be at Northside and. And I'm very blessed to do that and uh, coach my son, coach a lot of my, you know, uh, newfound sons. And, uh, and, 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 and again, 10 years later, here I am, you know, my son's, he's actually uh, graduating this summer from uh, college. And so he'll be, uh, so it's been, it's been, it's been a, it's been an unbelievable ride. It really has in, in, in that realm of being able to make some um, inspiration, some influences, some, you know, uh, life-changing uh, situations for for our young young generation to be able to live their dream. Yeah. You know what, Mike? So many people say, and of course, times do change. Yeah. Now we're dealing with kids. Everything is on social media. Okay, so that's different. But in the end, you're around these kids. Just a couple more. You're around these ki- these kids. So I want to know from you, when you really get down to it. And if you, as a coach, and it's more than just on the field, you put the time in for these kids, are they really that much different? You give them discipline. You show them they got to work to get results. You know what I mean? But I was like, oh, the kids are so much different. Are they really? Um, as a whole, yes. As a whole, yes. Because um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of distractions out there nowadays, and and um, what to do, how to do it. You know, this thing that I'm holding up the phone. You know, it's it, 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 we didn't have that growing up. You know, what I mean, we didn't have to run to that to figure what's going on. You know, um, you know, there's no more sandlot football, sandlot baseball. You know, you know, pick up the basketball, go, you know, go have a, you know, do all that stuff. Everybody's got to be in all these. You know, unfortunately, all these kids got to be in a in a perfect situation. Got to be in a gym to play basketball. You know, with a beautiful backboard and rim and a beautiful ball and 
and stuff like that. So again, and and, and not everybody's. And again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to disrespect people, but you know, a lot of people, you know, maybe in the world I see right now. You know what I mean? From when I jump around from here to here to here to here to here, and stuff that I see. But, um, but there are some, there are some kids in all walks of life that, uh, you know, that really love it, really love it, and, uh, um. And they bring the other, they bring the others around them, and just like anything else, they're leaders and stuff like that. And they push them, and they mold different kids. And um, I've seen some great transitions of teams, of you know, from the start of the season to the end of the season. Um, and we might not have been anything special, but you know what? It was just unbelievable in how kids come together after. 90 days. We talk about 90 days of football, and uh, it, it's unbelievable. And uh, um, that's uh, that's what I get satisfaction over. You know, seeing seeing the whole picture. Now, you know, I can pick out one or two kids here and there, and talk about those kids. But the whole picture and everybody about it, and and how it all came together, and how they all loved each other at the end of the year, and you know, and how uh, they miss it. And you know, when you don't, uh, obviously, you don't get the the big prize and everybody cries right and everybody's sad including myself you know what i mean and uh you know that's that's special too i mean just because you really see the emotions of what took place throughout the sweat blood tears and everything you put into it over the years you know come out and and uh you miss it here's my last two and i mentioned this before i had yo murphy on now yo murphy played in the nfl but he trains he trains guys that are going in the combine he trained my son Oh, my God. Yeah. He does a great job. But yeah, you know he what? Awesome. He, he had a good point. He's like, some of these parents, there was a parent the other day that came to him. His kid was six years old. He wants. He goes, I want you to train my son. He goes, how old is your son? Six years old. Does your son have an older brother? Go have him play tag. Play with older kids. Run around. Do that. I'm not going to train a six-year-old kid. You know how some parents, they think that they have to have the unbelievable training and they're going to go to the pros and it's really hard. You, you know, have you seen, you see that, I'm sure? You no, see? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Big, no, big time. I mean, it's just, uh, um, I'm a really big believer in playing every sport possible and, and get involved, um, especially at our um, small school. We... Um, a lot of my players are three sport athletes, and you know, and I, I, love I would love I would love them to be in the weight room with me all year long. I love them to be on the field with me, you know. But I was that I was that kid back in the day where, you know, I played baseball and football and basketball, and, and, and did it and enjoyed it and excelled. But I, you know, um, yeah. I, I but at the same time as you don't. The overtraining part and starting early situation, it gets a little ridiculous some days. You know, it really does in, in a lot of situations and it takes away from the child's uh, um, childhood. You know what I mean? The kid's childhood. And uh, it uh, really, I think later it affects, you know, different situations sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Right. All right, let's close with this. I'm good, man, if you, if okay, you want some more. So. Two more, two more. Um Here's the thing. You have had a lot of fans. Fans have just taken to you. They took to you when you came in here as a rookie. They've always been behind you. Why do you think that is? And is there anything that you want to say to your fans that have followed you and still just love you, Mike, give you this opportunity? Yeah, no, it's um, I, I, I love I love the Bay. I love the Bay Area. You know, they um. These fans have been great, even till today. 
walk in different places wherever um you know people 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 are great to me people um kind of like how you started is oh you look like you can still play you know i wish you were out there whatever um and and i really really appreciate um what they they've done um for me in, in in my during my career during my career uh, i really believe in <laughs> in uh some situations um i got on the field because of the fans right um in, in certain times um <laughs> you know uh with the chance and everything like that and then uh, you know i really um you know as much time they gave me, I, I've always wanted to give that time back to them. You know, walking out of the stadium, signing autographs, signing everybody, doing this, doing that, trying to appease everybody and give them the respect that they gave me. And and uh, and I really, really um, feel that we have a a good um, a, a good history bond. You know what I mean with each other. You know, I just I just wanted to come here and, and play professional football, be a football player. And I'm so fortunate I got to play in front of the, the Bay Area fans and uh, be a part of their lives as much as they were part of mine. And, nice. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I was blessed. This is, this is the closing, okay? You guys won the Super Bowl. It's so hard to repeat. You know that with all teams. What? Advice. What, what What would be your take to this Buccaneer team now? Everybody is picking them. Oh, I can't even stand when they'll say, are they going to go undefeated? Oh, my God, it's, a, it's the NFL. But you got Brady. They brought everybody back. But it's so hard to repeat. You know, is there any advice that you would give any of these players, man, that just want it now? Everybody's picking a mic. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think it was the same scenario when, uh, when we went – um, we started our 03 season after we won in, in 02 or 03. Um, it's hard. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I hope they do. Um, no question. Um, everybody's got to stay healthy. Everybody's got to, um, but if there's a guy, if there's a guy that knows the magic formula, it's Brady though. You know what I mean? So, uh, maybe he's got the, the, the magic touch and, uh, obviously, and how many years he's been playing? He's been a lot of NFC championship, AFC championship games, and and uh, Super Bowls in his time. So he knows he knows that formula, and he knows how to keep that uh, that uh, lucky leprechaun right by him. Um, but again, um, they got the talent. Holy smokes, right? They got the talent, and there, and, and there's no question if. Uh, the ball bounces right way, um, and obviously they got the talent, and they can they can they can do it. They don't need a lot of bounce on the ball to go the right way. They just need to stay healthy, and uh, I believe they're going to have a great chance. Mike, I can't thank you enough. I've been honored, man, that you did this with me. You've no, been such Rock, a good you're the guy best, man. since the beginning. You want to oh talk about God. you? You want to talk <laughs> no, about you? I appreciate you. You've been, you've been the best to me, and over the years, and it's been great to to catch up. And again. On phone call away, brother. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you, Mike. So let me give you a little background. Now, we were sitting outside. That's why. And and, and technically, it's a long story. One of my buttons here. All right. All right. I might as well fill you in. All right. 
When I was interviewing J. Mike, Jason Michaels, the baseball player, the former Philadelphia Phillies, Indians, Astros, Pirates, Washington Nationals, and we were at his batting cage. And when I was all done, I was wrapping up, you know, wrapping up my cords and putting my mic stand down. And I put my, it's a recorder, a digital recorder. It's called a Zoom. And I put it in my backpack and I stood up and I heard, boom. And the thing went crashing to the floor. And it's a hard floor. And the, and the batteries went flying. And I was like, oh, no. And Mike's like, whoa. I mean, J. Mike. And I so I put it together and I turned it on. Oh, it's still working. But And I'll make a long story short, when I'd hit one, uh, track one for one mic, say like Mike Allstott's mic, and then two, like they both would go on at the same time. So when I would, before I do the interview, I would test it out with this mic. Testing one, two, one, two. Sound great, right? And then I test the other mic. Sounds great. Boom, boom, boom. But when I was doing it, I'm like, wow, it sounds like, you know, both mics are up. So to make a long story short, if if that quality wasn't like super crisp like it usually is, it won't happen again. We'll figure we will I'll get it to you again because I had to, I had to call my son who's 23, going to be 24. Hunter, it looks like I need a new Zoom. He goes, give me 10 minutes. He went through everything, took the thing apart. Boom, boom, boom. No, I see you were registering on your levels. I was like, yeah, that's what was throwing me off. He fixed it. He fixed it. 23 years old. Technically advanced. (laughs) Thank you. I am the dinosaur. I'm like, am I going to have to buy a new Zoom mic? So he figured it out. But let me give you a little background on Mike Allstott. Let me just fill you in on this. So I go to wherever my subject is. That's how to get these A-listers, okay? And I don't have a studio right now, but it's okay. I don't mind going to their environment. So I was I was in contact with Rich, who runs the family, uh, Mike Allstott Family Foundation, has been there since the beginning, and he's a great guy. And he goes, okay, well, you know, let me see. Let me see. Where do you live? Maybe we can come up to you. And I said, oh, no, I'll come to the St. Pete area. That's where I know Mike is, uh, you know, and no, no, no. Finally, he says, no, let's meet at this little spot, a lunch spot near you. Really? Get out of here. No, I can come to you. No, we'll come to you. What what a lister does that to make it easier on me? He's Mike Allstott's doing me the favor. And then, okay, boom, boom, boom. So I know how it goes. My wife has worked in news, TV news. And, and if you don't get approval, when I did the Anthony Beck, the former New York Jet, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. But anyway, when I did that podcast, we met at a parking lot of a mall in way in, on the parking lot, way in the distance, in the back, nobody around. But when you meet on property, what happens is here comes Paul Blart Mall Cop. And he comes over, do you, have, do you have approval? Do you have approval from the head end to do this? I said, no, 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 no. And I figure sometimes you start, I said, this is a former Buccaneer, man. We're just, we're talking a little sports here. We'll be done in a second. Uh, I'm Paul Blart Mall Cop. You have to leave the premises. You, I'm sorry. And Anthony's like, we're wrapping up. You have to leave the premises. All right, Paul Blart. Here we go. So we just drive like five minutes, not even two, five, ten seconds away to that next parking lot nobody was there and we did it and that's how we did the interview so i know how it goes so when they said we'll meet at this little restaurant lunch have lunch i figured i better go so i went to the place is that the manager the girl was like young 
She didn't know the all-star name. I'm like, oh, my God. She's not, there's no way she was even 30 years old. Oh, is a Buccaneer going to be here? I just wanted to make sure. So we did that sitting outside. And I, I'm just trying to give you the little background on what, what a good dude Mike Allstott is. He doesn't need anything. And even when we sat down and he was going to buy me lunch, he goes, I've already paid for my food. I'm already, I'm like, because I, I got there early and sat outside. I got a, a spot with an umbrella because it's getting hot down here in Florida now. You know, I know it's starting to heat up around the country, but down here, we're, we're, we're in our summer pattern. And so I want to make sure I had a, a little spot with an umbrella away from everybody. And Mike had been inside, hadn't seen me. He already got his lunch. And I was like, I wanted to buy him lunch. And he's like, no, I already paid for it. Oh, my God. So then when we started doing the interview, I said, all right, Mike, uh, we'll also hit on the Family Foundation. No, you don't have to. Just uh, nothing. Just let's, let's BS. We'll talk shop. I'm like, he doesn't need anything. He didn't want anything. He didn't even need to plug anything. What a good man. And when I posted one picture last week of Allstott, oh my God, you know how you're always going to get a troll? You're going to get somebody that doesn't like you. Not one negative. Everybody likes the A-Train. All right. Now, speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and one other thing too, and I was thinking about this, Mike talked about this uh, in this interview about when he came in the NFL, he was under Tony Dungy. And I've if you've never had a chance to meet Tony Dungy, there's something special about him. Something different. I don't know if he has a direct access to the man upstairs, but you ever meet one of those people in your life where they're special. They're genuine and they are just there's something about them. And he never curses. What what football coach have you ever heard that never uses a curse word? Doesn't have to. Never yells. Never raises his voice. Doesn't have to. I've had players that played under Dungy, whether it was the Indianapolis Colts, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, tell me that if he just, if you did something wrong, you felt bad enough having to face Tony Dungy because you didn't want to do anything wrong under his leadership. You know what I mean? He just have to look at you. That was enough. You wouldn't do it again. And when Dungy came to the Buccaneers, they sucked. They were bad. The first year it looked it looked bad. They were 6 and 10, but they bought in. And any organization, any job that you have, you got to be in, all in or you're not going to succeed. Or the corporation, the team isn't going to be uh, succeed. You got to be all in, and they bought in. And after going six and ten, the next year they made the playoffs. I think it was the first time since eighty two. This was nineteen ninety six, and then they won a home playoff game against the Lions, and then they were off to the races. And he changed that 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 losing the yuckaneers, the suckaneers, and it was under Tony Dungy. And you know, so Dungy, six out of the ten seasons, he got the Buccaneers in the playoffs. He was fired after the two thousand and one playoffs because he wasn't able to get them over the over the top. And that's when they got John Gruden from the Oakland Raiders. And when I look at it now, I was just looking at it. So Tony Dungy is in the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. He's in the Indianapolis Colts Ring of Honor. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Whereas John Gruden, he's in the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. He did 
He did. We was able to get them over the top, give them that juice, and they won the Super Bowl. I was there in San Diego when they beat the Oakland Raiders. But really, since then, I mean, overall, Gruden, and so Gruden is in the Bucks ring around, that's it. And I know he, he, he really, you know, when he came out of broadcasting, he, deep down, from what I was told and kind of people closer, you know, he, he really, he sees Dungey, he sees Sapp, he sees Lynch, he sees Brooks, he sees these guys he coached going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Everyone talking about Tony Dungey, Tony Dungey, and it, and it, and it kind of gets to him, irks him. But you know what? I mean, he's barely over 500 with a career record of 119, 114. So 119, 119 wins, 114 losses. And remember, when the Bucks got him, it was because he was successful in Oakland. So it's been bad, really, since. Since he's gone to the, the Raiders, gone back to the Raiders, he's 19 and 29. Now they're in Vegas. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I know he, he works hard. He's always been pretty good to me, Chucky. And he likes the nickname Chucky, by the way. I remember we were over in training camp in Orlando at Disney. Oh, my God. It must have been 115 degrees. And he was signing autographs after a practice. I was shooting some video and I was standing there and somebody yelled out, Chucky, Chucky. And he turns around. He gives that look. And he's like, who said that? I did. He came over and gave him the bro handshake. So deep down, Gruden likes that Chucky, that Chucky deal. All right. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers having their mini camp. I will say this. You know, all this talk about the Bucks going 17 and 0, like that is ridiculous. There there's no way. I mean, yeah, is it possible? It's possible. But don't even put that in your head. Like some of these interviews that I'm hearing and these in and, and these interviewees are asking Buccaneer players or some the chances of you what do, what do you think, man? Can you go 17 and 0? 17 0 in an NFL season? And with injuries, last year they were fortunate. Everything fell into place. You know, they weren't really hit hard by really bad injuries. So I just think it's ridiculous to even bring that up. And I know Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs was doing an interview the other day, and he said, the only thing on my mind is 17-0. That's okay to kind of think that, shoot for that. I would expect you to not think you're going to lose any game. No, that's a mindset you got to have. But the realistic possibility honestly of going 17 and 0 forget about it and another thing new england patriots fans especially the ones that live in the new england area now i have talked to quite a few okay and it's split but it seems like it's split a little more that it's they they're not happy about Brady being down in Tampa Bay and winning the Super Bowl and being on social media and the way Brady, you know, and uh, or it's te- or it's fans of teams that the, the Brady has beaten up on over the years. It really is amazing. And I remember one time talking to a professional that made it big. And he told me the more pub, the more popular you get, the more successful you get, the more people are going to try to knock you down. Some of it is jealousy, you know. Brady did an interview the other day, and he was funny. He was admitting of when he thought that they had fourth down and the game was over. Remember that? And he was like, "Oh my god, dumbest thing ever." <laughs> 
Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Like, Brady has a sense of humor. And I'm thinking that it's the Patriots fans that are pissed that they wish that they still had Brady other than Cam Newton or Mac Jones or however it's going to go right now. I think that's what it is. But the other thing, other than the Buccaneers, because you know what you're going to get. You know, they've got everybody back. That's the same system. But I will stress this to you. I've learned this over my 25 years plus reporting and being out in the field and covering these teams. Don't put any stock into off-season workouts. Oh, this guy looks good. He's wearing shorts. He's throwing to air. Oh, my God. I have been fooled so many times over the years. And they get an exam, and it's for all sports. It's not the regular season. It's not real games that count. There are some guys that look real good in practice, but when the bright lights come on, they don't come through. Some guys are just not good practice players. Usually what you do in practice translates into a game. I'm saying if somebody's really lazy, then forget about it. I remember years ago, I'm at spring training. I'm watching this left-handed pitcher. I'm not going to say his name because he was a little lefty, and I, know, I, I got to know him pretty good after that. And he was lights out. But it was spring training. The hitters are always behind the pitchers. Hitters haven't seen 95-mile-an-hour fastballs or sliders in the winter where pitchers are building up, building up. They're, they're able to get it by these hitters in the beginning of spring training. And this guy was lights out. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's look at his curveball. It's dropping off the table. Oh, my God, look at his fastball. This guy's going to be unbelievable. I think I even wrote about it. And it turned out once you got into the season, the, the hitters caught up to him. and He wasn't anything. You know, so don't take too much stock into and now with video and social media and everything is blowing up. This guy looks good. This guy looks good. This guy looks good. You know, enjoy it. Watch the video. But hold off. Wait, wait till you get to games, which brings me to baseball. And since we have this part, I have this partnership now with Tampa Free Press. Like I said, this is a national based podcast. Whatever's going on big in the sports world or whatever A-lister I get. You know what I'm saying? But a little more Tampa centric on this one, because and you know what this this for all baseball fans will be interested in this. So when you look at the standings once again, and I'm not being Homer, I'm just stating facts. Look at where the Rays are again at the top in the American League. I didn't think they were going to do it this year. They gave away Blake Snell. You give away and uh, and he's in his prime a Cy Young Award winner, and you give away your ace starter that you count on, but he's getting up there in years, but he's your man, Charlie Morton. You give away two studs in your starting rotation. The payroll is still low, 74 mil. I'm looking at the payrolls right now this year. The L.A. Dodgers, who they played in the World Series, 250 mil. New York Yankees, 202 mil. The New York Mets, 196 mil. And the Rays at $74 million, and they still get it done. What does everybody say about Major League Baseball right now? Oh, all they're doing is hitting home runs. Oh, it's a home run game. Do the Rays have, like, a big, consistent bopper? 
Who do they got in their lineup that you know coming up and you got to make sure if you're getting popcorn or you're going to the bathroom? No, I got to see him hit. That was what it was like when Canseco, Jose, can you see Canseco was here with the Tampa Bay Rays. No matter where you are, I remember I remember going to those games and if people, I would, I'd be walking in the concourse or something and it's like, Canseco's coming up, Canseco's coming up and they want to make sure, you want to see, you, he might make a, have a moon shot, a monster shot. It's not only chicks that dig the long ball. But my point is, the Rays continue, continue with a low payroll, getting it done once again. Now, uh, this podcast, like I say, you're tuning in for the sports info and entertainment, and that's what I'm going to bring you. So the whole uh, Stu Sternberg, the ownership, I can go on and on. You know the deal. I, you know, this whole raise half season here, half season in Montreal, it's, it's shit or get off the pot. Are you a Tampa Bay team? Are you Montreal team? There's no two fan bases that are going to get together and try to cheer for one team. Are you Pittsburgh? You're Pittsburgh. You know, are you Cincinnati? You're Cincinnati. You're not Cleveland. If you're Pittsburgh, you're not Philly. What makes you think that everybody's going to buy in? I'm Tampa. I'm also Montreal. You know, but but you know what? You want to hear sports. What I'm giving you is the scouting staff, the minor league system, and Kevin Cash. That's where that's the reason why the Tampa Bay Rays are successful. I remember when they were looking for the manager and you could have had an experienced retread and they decided to take a chance on Kevin Cash. For whatever reason, catchers always seem to make the best uh, managers. Do you ever notice that? Look at managers that played baseball. Look at how many that were good were formerly catchers. I don't know why that is. It's usually not a pitcher. You know what I mean? Why is that? I don't know. But Kevin Cash, he always kids about it. Oh, I couldn't hit. He was a hell of a defensive catcher. He played at Florida State. You know, he he kicked around in the big leagues. I remember when he was a player with the Tampa Bay Devil Race. And I remember they had a fan fest and we were waiting outside. I was with a TV station. We had our gear. We were waiting to go in and we were doing a little what they call B-roll. You take some footage that you'll need for your story. And we're, we're going down the line and Kevin Cash came walking in. He was a backup catcher and, uh, and some fans, Hey, will you sign? Will you sign? And so he starts signing some monographs and I was right there. We were getting some footage and the one, and the one lady said, thank you. Who are you? Kevin Cash. What position are you? How embarrassing is that, man? You're a major league baseball player signing and they want to know who you are and what is your position. But I, I, I'm giving you the background of Kevin Cash. So he was a bullpen catching coach with Terry Francona and the Rays decided to give him a chance with no managerial experience. Where does that ever happen in business? But they saw something in him and what a good guy and all the success that the Rays have had. They are like the prototype, like, you know, they tried the opener, trying this, what, a starter's only going to throw one inning? They're doing this? What the hell is that? You know, well, I was even like, that's ridiculous. Other teams have tried to copy it, but really haven't. Uh, And with the success that they've had, and now Kevin Cash, who's more of a veteran now, 
I asked somebody that's really close to the team and I said, has Kevin Cash gotten a little bit of a, you know, big head or maybe I'm the smartest man in the room? No, he is the same today as he was the first time he got that gig. So it's really something to see right now around the country. I, I would assume you being a sports fan, you would you would love it to be like what's going on here in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers have returned everybody. That doesn't mean that you're necessarily, you know, a new year is a new year, but they've returned just about everybody, especially on that defense. And Brady is back. So look at that. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. And then you go to the Tampa Bay Lightning kicking ass. Oh, that's what I want to get to. I'm going to close on that on what it's like to all of a sudden your system, your it's memory overload after being in a pandemic for so long. But anyway, Bucks win the Super Bowl and they got everybody coming back. So they're getting ready now, having their offseason workout. The Lightning are in the Stanley Cup playoffs and looking good, trying to defend their Stanley Cup. And the Tampa Bay Rays, they were in the World Series last year. They don't have those two starters and they're doing it once again. How about that? All right, so let me tell you, I wasn't sure, and I, did you feel, do you feel the same way? Did you even think, if we go back eight months ago, one year ago, didn't you think like, holy shit, we'll never see a full stadium of 85,000 people again. Oh, we're only going to do fist bumps. We'll probably never shake hands again. Well, I experienced my first time in a year and four months, five months, whatever, four months, being in a crowded arena of 15,000 rabid fans, all indoors, no masks, no social distancing. They try, they try. I mean, Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay, Florida, seats 19,500. They have sold out since... In the, I think it's four or five years running now. Every single night, every single stinking night. And I experience, you got to experience it. That's all I can tell you. You think you know, but after, after going this long without being in a big crowd and going in there and you're packed like sardines walking in and it's 95 degrees from the outside and you're all in, everybody's getting along. Everybody's cool. And you get in through. When you get close to security, they finally have two, three big fans. And you're like, oh, and you can feel the air conditioning from inside that arena. And then once you get in and you get in there and everybody's kind of jacked up because it's playoffs and you've been cooped up for a year and you haven't been able to experience this. You know what I mean? And there's no masks and everybody's just walking around and you're in again and you're in and you're going down. The music's going. They got the great uh, pregame going and it's loud and fans are jacked up and it's date, not date, date, night. This is a day game. Day, day. <laughs> and my father-in-law treated myself and Michael and Raul and uh, family and we were sitting four rows from the glass. Now I have been covering sports for a long ass time and I have never sat not only in a, a Stanley cup playoff game, a regular damn NHL game, four rows off the glass. I've never experienced it. Oh my God. The play 
is so much faster down at ice level. It's just amazing to me on how they're on skates, how fast they are, how good they are with the stick and just, it's incredible. And the excitement and what a game it was. There was a lot of scoring and fans everywhere. You're high five and one another that sitting next to one another. And it was, a, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, it was sensory overload. Because if you had done that, you're like, wow, that was really cool. I got to go to a playoff game. Yeah, that was really cool last night. All right, you're on to the next thing. I wasn't sleeping last night. I woke up and I'm like, whoa, it was almost like so much after what we experienced. But when it all is said and done, and now as I'm sitting here today, calm and talking to you, we, I'm confident we're going to go back to a normal, like what it was before. I'm serious. I feel it. I saw it. Everybody was getting along. Everybody had a great time. And you just can't keep a good man down. (laughs) How about that? How about that? Now, what we'll do next week, here's what we're going to do. You and me. We're going to hang. And I'm going to get a little bit more into the Jake Paul and the Logan Paul and the YouTubers in boxing. Is this good for the sport of boxing? Is it bad for the sport of boxing? I will tell you my feelings. I'm not going to get suckered into social media comments by Joe Blow and think that's how the entire world thinks because that's wrong. Don't get caught up in all that. Not everyone is is commenting on your Instagram feed or your Facebook Twitter feed. It's a small percentage than, than the entire country. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But it's easy. You know, you don't want to get caught up in that. But Antonio Tarver, unless something really big breaks and then I'll put him, I'll set him back for another week, but he's got some opinions on that. He's been in the boxing game a long time. He was on the U.S. Olympic team. He won gold in the Pan American Games, the world championships. He made it to, he's had an up and down life in boxing. It's just like life is. And he's won five world titles all the way up to heavyweight. He was in the Rocky movie with Sly Stallone. So Antonio Tarver will be my guest next week. And I'll see what I can come up with and more with the Logan Paul and Jake Paul and boxing in general and UFC and all that jazz. So until next week, thank you so much, man, for listening. It is growing. It's growing steadily, but each week it's getting a little bit bigger. So Tell your friends, tell somebody, hey, check out the Rock Stops Here podcast, man. And it's a little bit different. Like I said, it's not X's and O's. I try to interview and find out and get in their heads. Give me a little behind the scenes, all right? My thanks to Brian Burns, our partnership. I hope we can grow this bad boy with the Tampa Free Press. My guys at RadioInfluence.com, and we're going to keep on building, building. We're back! I'm Rock Riley, and thank you for listening to another edition of the Rock stops stinking here. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. 
We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>